How many of you are thankful for that amazing love of God? Anybody? Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, we're, we're, we're really big on receiving that grace from God. Here's my question to you today. How good are you at allowing that grace to flow through you to other people? A little more challenging, isn't it? Uh, February 24th, 1948, uh, in Columbus, Ohio, there was a guy named Harry Bishara who was having a, a really kind of strange surgery. Um, Harry was uh, 30 years old at the time, but when he was a young boy, uh, a friend of his were, was playing with a 22 caliber pistol or rifle and actually shot him in the heart. And Harry had this bullet that was uh, in his heart, but at that time, uh, it, didn't, it didn't kill him. And they didn't perceive that it was really doing any other kind of damage, and so the doctors left it there. Um, again, this is back in the day when, you know, heart surgeries weren't real prevalent, and it was just a, a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, intricate today than it was back then. So they let it go. But what happened was, over a period of time, this bullet that was in his heart, uh, calcium deposits began to form. And the calcium literally created a, a sheath all the way around his heart. So over time, what began to happen was this calcium uh, skin actually began to squeeze on Harry's heart to where his heart couldn't pump and produce like it normally, normally could. And so he began to get weak because his body wasn't getting blood. And so the, the doctors, when they discovered what were, was going on, actually had to do this very uh, tricky surgery there at the Ohio State uh, Research Hospital. But they actually had to go in, kind of move his left lung to the side, spread his ribs, and they literally had to peel this skin off of his heart, kind of like you would peel an orange. It was really, really kind of a tricky, tricky surgery. I remember that story when I was thinking about the message this week because Harry's story is actually probably a story that many of us could relate to. Um, sometimes we have things that happen to us that hurt us. And sometimes, rather than working through the process of forgiveness and removing and healing that wound, sometimes we carry those wounds in our heart. And we allow unforgiveness to spread. We allow bitterness to begin to set in. And if we're not careful over a period of time, what begins to happen is our, our spirit literally begins to be crushed by this unforgiveness that we've never released. Does that make sense to you? And sometimes, like Harry, we need God to do a very delicate surgery and remove that. Now, we've been in this series for the last several weeks called Reflections, and we've been asking the question, you know, Lord, how do we, how do we really reflect um, that Jesus Christ in, in all of our lives. And, you know, we've looked at a lot of different ways. We've talked about living like Jesus, praying like Jesus, loving like Jesus, all of those kinds of things. But today I want to talk about one that I think may be the most challenging of all. It's forgiving like Jesus. Now, I want to welcome our online audience. I know you guys are joining us too. And uh, wherever you are, I know it might be annoying, and, uh, if, but I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Church, would you do this with me? Lord, make me more like Jesus. Now, you already know the topic, and I know you're not praying that with a lot of passion this morning, so let's, let's do that again. Lord, make me more like Jesus. If God were to ask you to forgive someone today, 
who would that be for you? What does it really look like to forgive like Jesus? Well, if you want to take your sermon outline out, you can, you can track along with me. I, I promise you this is going to be extremely painful this morning. <laughs> Let's look at, the, uh, look at the passage of Scripture this morning. I'll throw it up on the screen. This is Jesus when he was on the cross. Now, just picture with me for just a second. Jesus has gone through this time. He's been betrayed. Uh, he's been uh, uh, arrested. He's been falsely accused. He's been publicly humiliated. He's been whipped and scourged with his flesh, ripped off his body with a whip. Uh, he's had a crown of thorns placed on his head. He has raised up. He is nailed to a cross. People have been spitting on him and mocking him. And in all of that, how did Jesus respond? Read it with me. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And even at that, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Now, I've said this often, people need to be glad that I'm not Jesus. <laughs> because I don't know that I've got that full heart yet that Jesus had when it comes to those kinds of... How many of you, if you had the power hanging from the cross, you would have zapped a few people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mock me one more time. Say it one more time, you know. But that's not the heart that Jesus had. He extended the same grace to them as he does to us today. He wants us to forgive like he forgives. Now, you know, when we talk about forgiveness, I, I love what C.S. Lewis said. This is just a great quote. Throw it up on the screen. C.S. Lewis says, everyone, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. <laughs> And that's so true. You know, when we talk about forgiveness, like, oh, yeah, you know, God has been, we need to be forgiving until something happens to us where we need to forgive. Now, I, I want to I walk with you on this journey today. I know it's going to be a little uncomfortable because there are some things that I know for all of us that are often hard to let go of. But I want to challenge you to just let God speak to your heart. Now, before we get deep into this, can I talk to you for just a few moments about what forgiveness is not First of all, forgiveness is not denial. It's not denial. Forgiveness is not pretending as if anything, you know, that everything's fine and nothing is wrong. Um, you know, any of you who have been married get this. Uh, if you've ever had your, your spouse, you know, come home before. I can remember in Phoenix coming home and Wanda was in the kitchen and boom, she's slamming this cupboard. Boom, slamming that cupboard, you know. And I kind of walk in and go, mm, everything okay? It's fine. Well, you know what I learned? It wasn't fine, <laughs> you know. And... Um, Denial is sometimes a way that we just kind of ignore what's going on. Do you know what? That's, that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not pretending things are okay that are not okay. Now, let me say something else about forgiveness, and this is really important, and some of you will help you. Forgiveness is also not acquittal. It's not acquittal. In other words, when we talk about forgiving someone, we're, what we're not saying is what they did was right or okay. Um, you know, I remember uh, several years ago, right after I moved here to, to back to Oklahoma, um, there was a young man um, in his mid-20s or so that was uh, working a second job for Papa John's Pizza. Somebody remember, his name was Jeremy, I remember that. And he, he was uh, delivering pizza, and three guys robbed him and shot and killed him. And uh, they got away with $42 worth of pizza and wings. And, and I remember, you know, in, in the wake of that, when, you know, when you look at what happens to people... Um, you know, how in the world do you cope with that? And yet the father went in, into the courtroom and said to these three who were a part of this thing, this thing that killed him, that he said to them, I forgive you. Now, hear my heart. They were still sentenced. 
And they still had to do time for their crime. They still, they still had to receive that. And, and, and what we need to understand is forgiveness is about me letting it go. It's not about saying that what happened was okay. Now, that's also on the other side for those of us who are wanting forgiveness from somebody. Understand that when we want forgiveness, that's still not the same as saying there not, aren't consequences for our action. Because there are. And I want, you to, I want you to separate that in your mind. Now, that kind of gets me to a third piece. Forgiveness is also not reconciliation. Reconciliation is a whole other step. Sometimes we're in relationship with people where they, they won't engage, and we can't be reconciled to them. Um, and, and this is not about reconciling. This is about you forgiving them, whether or not they forgive you or not. Does that make sense? This is about your end of things, letting it go. Others, and I've, I've walked down this path with, with uh, uh, some particularly some, some women who have been uh, abused pretty badly, that sometimes reconciliation is not possible. Look at me, hear my heart, because there are some people who just aren't safe in your life. And sometimes forgiving them doesn't mean that you let them back in. It means that you simply let it go from your heart so that you can move on and you still keep them at a safe distance. Now, that's more than just a, a sermon's worth of conversation there. But I want to say that to set yourself free because sometimes we get terrified to say, Pastor Steve, are you telling me I have to let this person back in my life? Not necessarily. Not necessarily at all. Now, let me, let me be honest. Let me give you a fourth piece in this. Forgiveness is also not easy. I am not trying to tell you anything today that um, is, is, is by any means easy to do. In fact, forgiveness is sometimes very difficult to do. Uh, sometimes forgiveness is a process for us. You know, I, I love when, when Peter came to Jesus, when Jesus was talking about how big forgiveness is, and he said, you know, Peter said, well, Lord, how many times should I forgive this guy? You know, seven times? And Jesus said, no, let's go 70 times seven, 490 times. And sometimes when we read that, we think that may be 490 different things that they did, which it could be, but sometimes, can we just say this? Sometimes people have hurt us so badly that it's not really easy for us to forget that. And so I can choose to forgive today, but tomorrow when I wake up, that may come back to my mind and I can feel my heart going there and I may have to forgive them again tomorrow for that same thing that I forgave them for yesterday. Does that, does that make sense to you? And sometimes that 490 is just that, that journey of forgiveness. We just have to keep ourselves on. Now, let me give you one more and this one hurts a lot. Forgiveness is not optional. Forgiveness is not optional. You know, sometimes when we talk about these things, we talk about them as if they are nice things to do as followers of Christ. Forgiveness is one of those things that Jesus doesn't leave us a lot of room for. Um, it's not something that um, he leaves that you can just do it or not do it. He says this is the kind of stuff we really have to do. In fact, let me, let me give you his words from Matthew. Read it out loud with me, church. Matthew 6. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is one of the most harsh verses in the New Testament, and it's one that gets right in our face. Because this is where, this is where Jesus said, you know what, you've got you to get this. You were never meant to be simply a receptacle of grace. You were never meant to retain grace as a reservoir. Your life was meant to be a river of grace. 
That God would pour his grace out upon you and then it would flow through you to the people around you. Does that make sense? And Jesus said, you know what? God who forgives us so much, he doesn't really ask a lot in return. But what he does ask is that you are as gracious as he has been gracious with you. Now, let me give you... um, just a couple of thoughts to kind of process this whole idea of, of forgiveness, um, to kind of bring it down home to you today. You ready? Here we go. Let me give, let me give you a few. Sometimes it, it's the little things that are the hardest to let go of. When, when I was thinking about forgiveness, it, it was funny because, uh, you know, my mind immediately went to, you know, the big stuff that happens to us where someone really cheats us out of a lot of money or someone really says something really ugly to us or, or somebody does something really bad and hurts us in a profound way. And, and we think about forgiveness. But you know what I found? I found that it's sometimes the little stuff that's not easy to let go. Like the guy who cuts me off on the freeway. It's like, really? You know? And how long do we stew, you know, on that stuff? Okay, come on. How many married couples we have here? You got to get to get this. Come on. Don't we sometimes carry some of the little things forever? I, I promise you, you ask my wife right now, she could tell you some of her leftovers I ate seven years ago. You know, and it's like, really? It, it's, it's hard for us sometimes. It's just hard for us sometimes to let some of that little go stuff. But I want you to understand when Jesus talks about letting go of some of the little stuff, that's the stuff that he's talking about. I love it. There was a, there was a story I read some time back. It was really cute about a guy named Jack and his wife, Edna, uh, who had been married for a long time. And, but when they first got married, Edna's mother gave her this beautiful box, and it had a heart on it. And... Um, and she kept it in her closet. And when Jack asked her about it when they first got married, he said, she said, Jack, this is a gift from my mom. It's kind of a private thing between me and her. So I just want to ask you not to open it, not to mess with it. And Jack was respectful of that. And so he did. Uh, 50 years of marriage. And then Edna got ill. And they weren't sure if Edna was going to make it or not. And so Jack thought he was going through kind of getting things in order in case something bad happened. And and he was in her closet, and he saw that box. And he thought, you know, I, I really need to see if she maybe has some private papers or something in there. And she, he pulls down the box, and when he opens it, he finds these hearts that she had embroidered. And there were like four or five of them in there, and, and he thought that was, well, it was kind of interesting. And then he looked beneath, and beneath them, and there was, this, there was money in there. And there was a couple of thousand dollars, and he's going, man, my wife has been holding out on me, sticking money back. And and so he, he finally went to Edna with it and when she was in the hospital and he was talking to her and he said, you know, honey, I, I'm trying to get things in order. I just want to make sure. I, and I got to be honest, I opened your box. And he said, I, got, I found your box. And he goes, well, that's a box my mother gave me. And he said, well, what was it for? And he said, well, mom, mom told me that marriage won't always be easy. And, and she said that some long, long way, as hard as I found it to believe that you were going to hurt my feelings and I was going to be frustrated with you. And And she said, but rather than be frustrated and let that just simmer, she said, embroider a heart. And she thought that's a good thing to do. And Jack was smiling. He thought that's really cool. And he looked at it, 50 years of marriage, only four or five hearts in that box. That's really cool. And he thought that was just such a sweet thing. And he said, well, that's so so sweet, honey. So where did the money come from? She goes, oh, I made that selling all the hearts that I made. How many of you wives understand that completely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, 
Jack thought he was getting off easy, you know. That's not, that just wasn't the way it was going to go. Well, that, that's the hard stuff. I mean, and I mean, again, sometimes it's these little things that we've got to learn to let go of. In fact, this is what Paul says in Colossians. Throw that up on the screen. Read it with me, church. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Now, as I was processing this, I realized, you know, sometimes it's really not about just forgiveness. Throw that next statement up on the screen for me, would you? Sometimes we're not just being unforgiving. We're being petty. Now, look at me. You you know I love you. But come on. Sometimes the stuff we hold on to in the grand scheme of life is too small to hold on to. Amen? Okay. Let let me give you another another thought. To, To help um, to help you give that gift of forgiveness, focus on your debt of forgiveness. To help you give that gift of forgiveness, focus on your debt of forgiveness. Um, throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's Bill uh, Walden Schmidt. Bill lives up in Minnesota. Uh, he ran an um, uh, automobile repair shop for years. He was really good. He actually specialized in restoring classic cars, some of the great old car, muscle cars of old, and uh, did that for a number, number of years. Um, but he had some challenges that kind of reemerged in his life. Throw that next picture up, please. When, when Bill was a, a kid, he had contracted polio, and he spent most of his childhood on crutches um, but he had gotten himself, the, the, the symptoms kind of went into a remission a bit, and he, by the time he was an adult, he was able to walk on his own. Uh, he was able to walk down the aisle when he got married. He was able to run his shop. He was able to do all of those things. But about 10 years ago, um, Bill's symptoms came back. In fact, they came back in such a, a harsh way that he lost his ability to walk. He had to close his shop. And he was kind of trying to figure out, well, now what do I do with my life? And uh, Bill, who was now in a wheelchair, um, one day uh, saw a a veteran struggling in crutches. And he thought to himself, you know, what if I began to help people who really needed a wheelchair have wheelchairs, but not just a wheelchair, but have a motorized wheelchair. And he thought to himself, you know, maybe I could combine my love of motors and engines with this ministry that, you know, he felt God laid on his heart. Throw that next picture up on the screen. And so there he is. Bill literally seeks out, buys, and restores uh, motorized wheelchairs, not for the purpose of selling them, but for the purpose of giving them away to people who need them. And in fact, throw that next picture up. That's uh, Don Johnson right there. Don was a Vietnam War vet uh, who Bill had met and could barely get around. And Don was saying, you know what? What Bill did for me was the greatest gift I've ever received. He gave me the gift of independence again. And, and, it, was, and it was really cool. But what I, what I loved when, I'm, when I'm, I was reading this story and watching the interview, it, what, what I loved was when Bill was interviewed and he was asking him, you know, what, what kind of prompted you to, to do such a wonderful thing? Bill had said, he said, you know what? I have been given so much in my life. I have had so many people who through the years helped me be able to do what I needed to do and function when I needed to function. He said, I'm only giving back a portion of what I've received. And that's true for us. 
You know, sometimes when we think about forgiving, we think we're really forgiving people really big things. But can we be honest? Anything that we forgive is only a small portion of all God has forgiven us. You know, whenever you get caught trying to hold on to that, instead of focusing upon the debt that is owed to you, think about the gift that has been given to you. Amen? Throw that verse up on the screen for me. Colossians 2, Paul said, you know what? You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. Read it with me, church. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Throw that next verse up on the screen for me. Read it with me. Remember, the Lord forgave you, and so you must forgive others. Don't focus on the debt. Focus on the gift. Let me give you one more. When we forgive... We set ourselves free. When we forgive, we set ourselves free. Okay, look up. Repeat out loud after me. Forgiveness, forgiveness. is for me. Say it again. Forgiveness, forgiveness. is for me. You see, when we talk about forgiving, it's not about them. It's about us. Ephesians chapter 4, throw that verse up on the screen for me. Ephesians 4, Paul said these words, read it with me, church. In your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, Paul's talking about that bullet that Harry had on his heart. You know, don't give the enemy a place where he can begin to build. Don't give him even a little place of unforgiveness where, where he can begin to spread out. Don't give him a foothold in your life or in your relationships or where you work or in your school or, or in your church. Don't give him a foothold there. In fact, I love, I saw this. I thought this is a great thing to remind her. Give Satan an inch and he will become a ruler. <laughs> give him an inch and he'll become a ruler. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Jesus said. Throw that next pet little thing up on the screen. I put this in my notes and put it for you. You know, the funny thing about carrying a grudge is you're the one doing all the heavy lifting. Look at me. Hear my heart. Forgiveness is about you. I saw this um, story in the news some years ago, and I, I just thought this was such a beautiful story, and I think we can learn such a great lesson from that. I want you to just listen and watch while this woman shares her story of forgiveness. Play that video for me, would you? We end tonight with one of the most potent powers on earth. It can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. 
In February 1993, Mary's son, Laramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20 and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself, and I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Yes, I'm grateful. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience so of one. Steve Hartman, CBS yes, News, Minneapolis. For all you've done for me. Forgiveness is like a cancer that will eat you from the inside out. Those are powerful and prophetic words. I, I don't know who it is that you need to forgive today. But I want to encourage you just to bring that woundedness before the Lord. I know it won't be simple for some of us. I know it won't be easy. I know that it won't even be instantaneous. But the journey of forgiveness begins with one step. And I want to encourage you to take that today. Um, I'm going to invite our ushers if they would go ahead and get ready to serve us communion. And in just a moment, we're going to receive communion together as, as a body and uh, we want you to know we have open communion here at Chartel. You don't have to be a member of our church to receive communion. And also want to remind you that the cups are stacked in two. The bottom cup has your bread. The top cup has your juice. So be sure to pull both cups out. And then if you will hold them, we're going to have a, a video song. And then at the end, I'll pray and we'll receive the elements together. But, but two things today as, as our ushers begin to dispense the elements. Well, one is this. This morning, no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, our God open, offers complete open forgiveness 
to you. The Bible says when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this morning, as you hold those elements in your hand, I I want you to remember that Christ did this for you. And today, I just invite you through a very simple prayer of faith to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to put your past behind you and begin a brand new journey. But as you do that, and as you reflect on the grace that you have received, this morning, would you also think about where you need to dispense some grace? And would you let the Spirit of God speak to you about setting yourself free and maybe forgiving someone or someones in your life who have hurt or offended you in some way? Let the Spirit of God speak to you that over these next few moments. Make this your personal time of worship. After the video, I'll pray for us together. Ushers, would you come? Let's pray together. Lord, we hold in our hands today the reminders of your amazing grace. This bread represents a perfect body that was broken. This juice represents your blood that was spilt. And you who were utterly holy came to this dark place and offered your life for us. We owed a debt that we were unable to pay. And so you paid that debt for us, and though it wasn't yours. And God, we can never repay that, and you don't ask us to. What you do ask us, Lord, is to let that grace flow through us to those around us. So Father, this morning, I lift up each and every one of us here today. There are some of us that maybe for our own personal reasons, Lord, we're asking you to receive that grace today. And Father, how I thank you that no matter where we've done, what we've, uh, where we've been or what we've done or how long we've been there, that Lord, you are more than willing to open your arms of forgiveness to us. And your word says that you, that you put it into your sea of forgetfulness. It's not to be remembered anymore. And Lord, I thank you for that. And for each person, Lord, who's praying that prayer today, asking for your forgiveness, lay your hand upon their shoulder. May they feel that grace wash over them. But Father, today I also pray that you would bring to our minds and our hearts those maybe in our lives who we have not forgiven. Those, Lord, to whom we need to let your grace flow through us too. And Lord, I know that those aren't always easy things to do. Um, They're sometimes very difficult and painful. But Father, we pray that you would help us reflect you, that just as you were able to forgive those who hung you on the cross, that you would allow us to forgive those who have wounded us. So Father, today, again, we receive these elements by your grace and by your design, and we pray, don't let it stay in us. Let it flow through us. In your precious name we ask. Amen.